Hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover coming to you yet again with another edition of the Word of the King. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 says, Where the word of a king is, there is power, and who may say unto him, What doest thou? Today on the Word of the King, we are going to be having yet another message concerning the blood, the atoning blood that has been provided for us as sinners in the person of Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua, Mashiach. And we're told in the book of First John, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. And Jesus made it very clear in St. John 10 when he said, I and my Father are one. For the Lord Jesus Christ, whereby you would be edified and exhorted as believers to go forth all the more thankful for the great atonement that's been provided for you in the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you're listening and you're not a believer, may you please continue. Don't change that channel. Continue to listen. And I will point you, by the grace of God, to the ultimate atonement that has been provided for us sinners in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his life poured out at that place called Calvary, Golgotha, the place of the skull. I would now have a word of the here at the word of the king, I would now have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, I come to you and I ask you, Lord God, to please. Uh, be glorified in this message, Lord God, uh, as another Yom Kippur Shabbat has concluded by now. Lord, we pray, dear God, that more of the Jewish people, dear God, would come. And that they would be willing to be gathered of Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua. Even as Jesus said that he was willing to gather them as a hen doth gather her chickens. And yet, they would not. In his day, and how many of the Jewish people to this day, dear God, they still will not be gathered by their Messiah, Yeshua. We give you thanks, dear God, that there is coming a day when the Jewish people as a nation will be gathered, when they shall look upon him whom they have pierced. And in the meantime, dear God, help us as believers to continually, every day, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, to look upon him whom we by our sins have pierced. And for those that are listening and do not yet Know the salvation of you, the Lord, through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. May they, as a result of this program, by faith, look unto Jesus. May they look unto him, whom their sins, whom their iniquities have pierced. And may they mourn, declaring their iniquity, being truly sorry for it, to forsake their own way, and to trust in you, Lord, and you alone. For it's in Jesus' name I pray and give thanks. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. We read, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Verse 12. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. Verse 13. Whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel, or the strangers that sojourn among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust. Verse 14. For it is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, You shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh. 
For the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. So, we see the instituting here of the Day of Atonement in the book of Leviticus. And again, I would remind you, something good to point out to your Jewish friends, dear listener. And if you happen to be Jewish listening to this, it's something that I would point out to you. The blood on the doorpost. Think about how God told Moshe and our fathers. I say our fathers because I myself am Jewish. Think about how God told Moshe and our fathers there in the exodus from Egypt to put the blood on the doorpost, to spare the firstborn from the death angel. Think about how God told them to put that blood on there. It forms a cross because the Lamb of God, God manifest in the flesh, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, Shed his blood as the ultimate kippur, the ultimate atonement. As our ultimate Passover, Pesach. For sin, he shed his blood in the form of a cross. Some excellent uh, uh, symbolic uh, statement being made there. God was saying that he was going to come down as a lamb, even as that lamb there in the book of Exodus, as it's written. Its blood was placed upon those doors in the form of a cross. God was saying he was going to provide himself a lamb, just like our father Abraham said to Isaac, for a burnt offering. And he was going to do so in the form of a cross. His blood, his life was going to be poured out. Now, like we said in the last edition of the Word of the King this past Friday, the fact that the consuming of literal blood is forbidden here in Leviticus 17 in the context which we just read. Again, verse 14 of Leviticus 17, For it is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. This is one more reason, as we stated in the last edition of the Word of the King this past Friday, that we know for a fact that when Jesus Christ said this in St. John 6, verse 53, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. When Jesus said that, we know for a fact that he was not encouraging his followers to drink his blood literally, as taught in that tradition of man known as the Roman Catholic Mass and Transubstantiation. No. He would not encourage his followers to do such a thing when he, as the God of Moses, in the very law of Moses in the book of Leviticus, forbid it. And even the Apostle Paul, it's written in the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul and the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ made it very, very clear that it was a good thing to abstain from fornication and from drinking of blood, among other things. So, literal blood was not supposed to be drank back in the days of Moses, and literal blood is not supposed to be consumed now in this New Testament dispensation. And it never was supposed to be consumed. So, if you're listening to your Roman Catholic, I beseech you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God and let go of your vain traditions of men. We're told in 1 Timothy 2, 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who gave himself a ransom, a payment for all to be testified in due time. Turn over to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Again, considering at the conclusion of another Yom Kippur, another Day of Atonement, that 
Jewish high holy day. Verse 11 of Hebrews 9. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, satisfied to the purifying of the flesh. Verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Verse 15, and for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Verse 16, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. And even so, I'm reminded of how the Lord Jesus Christ declared, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. We're told in Hebrews 9.22, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. And we look up just a couple of verses. Verse 18, Whereupon neither the first testament, taught but the law of Moses, whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. Verse 19, When Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled with the book both the book and all the people, saying, verse 20, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Verse 21, moreover he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. So certainly, the blood was given a great preeminence because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, no forgiveness. And even as Christ Jesus, as head of the church, Again, Christ Jesus, according to the book of Colossians, is the head of the church, not the Pope, Roman Catholic. Again, may you depart, may you come out from the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. May you touch no longer the unclean thing. But Jesus Christ is the head of the church, even as he is worthy of all preeminence. So, the blood which he shed is to be given preeminence in the preaching of the gospel because ultimately without the shedding of blood there's no remission, no forgiveness and we know that Christ Jesus our Lord hath sanctified us through the offering of his body once for all according to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10 as it is written by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all verse 11 and every priest stands daily ministering and offering, oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Verse 12, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, verse 13, from henceforth expecting to his enemies be made his footstool, verse 14, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Again, we see the book of Hebrews exposing over and over the falsehood again of the Roman Catholic Mass and the whole tradition of man that says Christ is offered sacrificially over and over again every time the priest performs transubstantiation and supposedly calls Christ down from out of heaven and causes Christ to appear before men once more 
in the form of what they call the Eucharist. Again, it is written, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24, For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Verse 25, Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. Verse 26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once, in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Verse 28, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. It's very clear. It's very clear, dear listener. Christ was offered once. He appeared once in the end of the world to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Have you received, dear listener, be you Jew, be you Gentile, have you received the atonement, the payment provided for you by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach, Messiah, once and for all? If not, I beseech you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. And may you know salvation, which is of the Lord. And may you know what it means Become an ambassador for Jesus Christ, testifying of his goodness, of his grace. According to Titus 3, 5, we're told, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Remember, the law is a schoolmaster. The purpose of the law was to teach us as a schoolmaster our need for the atonement, for the, for the payment. For sin that could only at the last be provided for by the sinless sacrifice of the Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. We're told in the book of 1 Peter, turn over to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1. Read the verse 2 verses here. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. Uh, notice, listener, especially if you're Roman Catholic, Peter's confession, he didn't say anything about being a pope. And you can't claim apostolic secession just because he called himself an apostle, because Paul himself was an apostle. John himself was an apostle. James himself was an apostle. There were other apostles besides Peter. So him calling himself an apostle, Jesus Christ, is by no means him confessing that he was a pope. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Peter doesn't say anything about being a vicar of Christ, like the modern Pope Francis or any other pope would have claimed. No. But verse 2, he says, he writes, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. There it is, sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. You do need to be sprinkled, dear listener, but it's not with water. It comes from a spigot or from a well or any other source whereby physical water may flow. No, you need to be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ, the atoning blood of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Read down verse 17. Peter writes under inspiration of God, And if ye call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to 
Every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear. Verse 18, for as much as ye know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ. There it is, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Verse 20, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Verse 21, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Romans 10, 9, we're told that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, Adonai Yeshua, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Remember, wherefore is by one man, speaking of Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Turn over to Galatians, chapter 5. Turn over to Galatians, chapter 5. Galatians, chapter 5, we read of the works of the flesh. Remember, the flesh is a reference to the sinful, Adamic nature that every one of us inherited from Adam. And the way you know that you have a sinful nature that you inherited from Adam, the way you know, dear listener, be you Jew or Gentile, that you were shaped in iniquity and you were conceived in sin, is because your mom... Your dad didn't have to teach you how to do wrong. No. They had to teach you how to do right. They didn't have to teach you how to do wrong because the desire for wrong, the desire for sin was already implanted within you. The Bible calls the source of that the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, lasciviousness, lawlessness, Verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Verse 21, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, for which I tell you before, as I have also told you, the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, before I come back here, by the grace of God, and dwell on this matter of the works of the flesh some more, Turn to the book of Hebrews one more time, chapter 10. I want to just elaborate or, or comment one more time here concerning the Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, as established in the Torah, as it's called in Hebrew, the law. Verse 10, we read, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. But go back to verse 1. Hebrews chapter 10. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offer year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Verse 2. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. Verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins Hence, verse 5, we're told, Wherefore, when he, speaking of Jesus, as God manifest in the flesh, cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. Verse 6, And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins, thou hast had no pleasure. Verse 7, Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. And again, when you're in Christ Jesus, when you're born again, washed in the atoning blood of Jesus Christ, as a child of God, if you're truly one of his, 
You will, like Jesus, desire to do the will of God. If you don't desire to do the will of God and you call yourself a Christian, examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. Know ye not, except Jesus Christ be in you, ye are reprobates? Reprobate. Worthless of no use for righteousness before God. Now, because Jesus, the Messiah, has offered his body as a sacrifice for sins once for all, we have now have him as our high priest. We no longer have any dealings with earthly priests. Be they Jewish, be they Roman Catholic, we have no dealings any longer with earthly priests. For again, 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God who will mediate to between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Now, as a result, we have the new covenant. Thanks to this eternal offering by the eternal God, come down as a man and yet fully God, we have a new covenant whereby our sins are eternally forgiven, no longer to be remembered against us. It is written in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. I actually start in verse 15. Wherefore the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he said before, Verse 16, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. Verse 17, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Verse 18, now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. So again, the Holy One of Israel, the God of Israel, allowed, Jewish listener, our temple to be destroyed in 69, 70, 80 the genealogies of the priesthood to be totally, totally trashed, so to speak. Can't find them. Because there's no more need for an earthly temple. There's no more need for an earthly priesthood. Jesus Christ is now our high priest. Your body, dear listener, is now to be the temple of the Holy Ghost, the temple of the living God. But you must repent and believe on Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, by faith in him alone, trusting no longer in your own righteousness, which are his filthy rags. And your sins and iniquities will be remembered against you no more. That is good news. Again, concluding now, winding down on the word of the king. Turn back to Galatians chapter 5. And we discussed the works of the flesh here. The first one, adultery. Jesus said, ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, ye shall not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. He went on to say, but I say unto you, that whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Again, dear listener, you look with lust in your heart towards an individual of the opposite sex. That is equal to adultery before a holy God. And you will answer for that adultery. Fornication. Again, fornication. Sex outside of marriage. That just doesn't include, not only does it include, Fornication between man and woman, but also sexual acts between man and man, woman and woman, sodomy, fornication, homosexuality is included in that. Hence it is written, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Uncleanness, uncleanness, oh, uncleanness, that's a broad, broad uh, term there to be uh, defined to be described by many acts. I can't help but think of the way the sodomites, the homosexuals, have their golden showers, as they call it, 
where they piss and they urinate all over one another. Talk about uncleanness. There's one example for you. Lasciviousness. Lasciviousness. Lawlessness. Again, many acts described by that. Really, any rebellion against the law of God, any willful continuing, and that which you know is sin against God is lasciviousness, idolatry, worshiping of false gods, covetousness is defined as idolatry. In Paul's one letter to the church in Ephesus, he said, For ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ. Marvel not that I sit under thee, you must be born again. Witchcraft, rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, we're told. Hatred, variance, variance, always trying to be at odds with people for no cause, always looking to just cause trouble without a cause. Emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders. You say, well, I never murdered nobody. We're told envies is the rottenness of the bones. Unholy jealousy. All because your neighbor has something you don't. You nevertheless covet in your heart. Murders. The word of God says, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murder hath eternal life abiding in him. Have you conducted an abortion, or have you given your baby over to the abortionist, dear listener? You have partaken in murder. The shedding of innocent blood, God hates it. Drunkenness. The drunkard shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Revelings. Striking one another. Physically attacking one another. Malice. Desire to harm your neighbor. And such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Remember, sin is the transgression of the law. By the law is the knowledge of sin. Honor thy father and thy mother, that days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Whosoever keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Then there's blasphemy, taking God's name in vain. Indeed, for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. But praise be to God, Christ, Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua, was made a curse. He was made sin, so that you, dear listener, might be made the righteousness of God in him. And yet all the while, Jesus made sin. Yet without sin. Indeed. Without controversy. Great is the mystery. God was manifest in the flesh. May you believe on him, dear listener. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said to those who rejected him in his day, He will not come unto me that you might have life. All, oh, dear listener, come unto Jesus. And you will have life today, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Call upon him now, and God Almighty will be faithful to manifest himself inside your mortal body. In Jesus' name I pr praise his name. This has been the word of the King. Till next week, God bless you and yours.